Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, where we explore the Catholic faith as it's experienced in church and in everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. And along with our guests, we discuss the Catholic take on everything from sacraments and Sunday Mass to social media and sports, based on CatholicPhilly.com's award-winning news and commentary. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. Our editor, Matt Gambino, is on assignment, but he joins us in spirit. Well, we're getting ready for another school year, and this one will certainly be like no other, thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. Students and parents have had some experience with classrooms amid COVID this past spring, but of course they're wondering what specifically this coming academic year will look like. And to tell us more about that for the Catholic high schools of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, we're speaking today with Immaculate Heart of Mary sister Maureen Lawrence McDermott. Sister is the superintendent for secondary schools of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and it's a pleasure to have her here with us to talk about her team's plan to keep students' education moving forward safely. Sister, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here, as I said. It's always great to spend time with the IHM sisters. Now, I was actually taught by the Sisters of St. Joseph, but I had a cousin who was an IHM sister, and the IHMs are well-loved in my parish and throughout the Archdiocese, Sister. Thank you so much. So, Sister, before we talk about the plan for the coming academic year, I want to back up a bit, because... When the pandemic began directly impacting our area back in March, you and your team pivoted pretty seamlessly to an online learning model. And if I recall correctly, you were able to do that because you'd already had an emergency plan in place, right? Partially, that's correct. In a sense, that plan had been over five years in the making in our professional development plans. Five years. We couldn't have seen a pandemic coming, but we knew that technology integration was pivotal to the education of all of our students. So probably over the past five to 10 years, but five years specifically, our teachers have really been honing their skills on integrating the Google Suite and Google technology within their classrooms so that both online and in person, they could collaborate student with student, student group, student with teacher. So that technology had been in training over those years, year after year. Additionally, many of the schools had already been on a one-to-one, one device to one student. So the technology was there, the devices were there. What we couldn't have seen before Christmas was a national pandemic or an international pandemic heading our way. But once we saw it getting closer and into the United States, we began to have conversations with our principals that if indeed a quarantine would take place, and initially we thought, two weeks, something like that. We all did. (laughs) What pieces would need to be in place? What preparations would need to be considered? What meetings in advance would need to take place with administration teams, with academic boards, and with the teachers themselves? And so making sure that students had devices and internet, what that capability was, making sure that the teachers understood that if we went fully online, they would then be teaching completely through Google Suite and perhaps Zoom. What happened then during the pandemic and once Governor Wolf closed the schools 
till the end of the year is many of the online services became completely free straight throughout. I think with the idea that perhaps we would become teachers, schools, their subscribers in the new school year. And so all kinds of free virtual labs free opportunities to use other systems other than Zoom, Screencastify, Loom, or some of the others. So teachers were not only adapting their classroom, they were experimenting with new methods of technology and new products along the way. They could do a little shopping. That's nice. It was indeed a very exciting time for educators, though intrepid. And intrepid because of an international pandemic. Well, and at the same time, with that technology, that made the developers up their game. So really, a lot of those products probably improved very quickly. They most definitely did. Zoom just became better and better and better, and so did the others about how to upload a slide deck so that students could hear the lesson and see the slides at the same time breakout sessions within a Zoom so that students could work in pairs and then come back to class so that sub-meetings could take place and then faculties could come together. So we learned really not to cancel but to adapt. And so we were continuously challenged with the idea of how do we not cancel but how do we adapt? And probably one of the most interesting ones of those that I would say is the students were very sad that their proms were canceled in person. But in a number of our high schools, and I'll point out too, the old girls schools, John W. Hallahan and uh, Little Flower, and I believe St. Hubert's, each one had an online prom. One of them actually had Jerry Blavitt as their DJ. That's fantastic. So they didn't cancel, they adapted. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that is that ties in so much with the message of hope that certainly Archbishop Perez has communicated throughout this pandemic that it's not a time for despair, but a time for moving forward in hope because we are a people of hope. Well, let's take a look at the plan for the Archdiocesan High Schools, and that is formally titled Catholic High School's Compass, and it has four foundations like the four points of a compass. And I'm wondering if you can tell us about those. I'd be happy to. The four areas that we focused on, number one and first and foremost, before any of the other three was safety. And so the health and safety of our staff and faculty and our students became the center point of all planning or the North Star of all planning so that whatever decisions were made, we look back to would the safety of the student in any way be impacted and how could we enhance the safety of the student, the learning experience, the teacher's experience, right? And the idea that teachers are safe within their own classroom. So that was number one. The other academic excellence really had to do with the idea that we needed to make sure that our students received, whether they were totally virtual, in a hybrid, or in person, that no matter what, they received a full year of the most excellent education. And what we saw this past year in reviewing our advanced placement scores is students actually scored higher this year in their advanced placement testing. They did. It could be. One of the reasons is during that pandemic time, students were not in part-time jobs and they were not preparing for other pieces. They were not getting um, maybe distracted. They were at home. So they were more intense about their study. But we were surprised to see how strong the advanced placement scores were. So being at home 
although it was socially difficult for the students and they missed being in person with their classmates and teachers, actually worked very hard on their academic work and we had fewer failures and a much higher rate of success in advanced placement scores. That's fantastic. Again, it's one of the upsides of what's been an understandably challenging time, but there have been some rewards here. So many rewards. Fantastic. Okay, so we have safety and academic excellence. What are the other two points of the compass? Well, one is the enhanced technology. So to deliver all of this and to prepare for this school year, we knew we had to look as the school year was ending that if, as the school year began, how could we learn from our past experience to have a better experience for our students? So what we saw was teachers used in their learning systems, whatever they had learned and were comfortable with. So for some, it was Schoology, some it was Google Suite, some used Loom, some used Screencastify. But in changing class from teacher to teacher to teacher, they may have to navigate different learning management systems. So we made the study and the investment to have one learning management system across our 17 high schools. And that is Schoology. That is Schoology. And that also works very well with the grade book, PowerSchool. It's under one domain. So that'll be extremely helpful to students, parents, and teachers alike. So with that then becomes the ability for students to, one of the pieces in school safety is we had to reduce class size. Okay, right. So in reducing class size, the principals and the assistant principals worked with our office on the best possible model. And there were two mandates. One was student and teacher safety, and the other was a full year's worth of education. And so the plan that they developed was a unique hybrid where there would be cameras in the classroom so that when the student was in class, they were learning full time. But when the student was home, they were participating and learning that next day's lesson via camera and able to participate in a streaming experience of that lesson. And that's not just a passive viewing of it. While you're in that as you know, it's the A B cohort, and B is the portion at home. You're still very much part of that classroom. Right. You'll be able to participate. Role will be taken. Students will be, you know, accountable for their work, and they also will be able to fully participate. So, one of the things that students minded is if if their teacher was not completely comfortable with Zoom from March till May, then they didn't have as many in person face-to-face interactions. So we were really working hard to increase that and to increase the students' own satisfaction and interaction. We know that students perform best when they have a personal connection with their teachers. And so that face-to-face becomes so important, whether it is in class or via the connection of seeing the teacher and, and interacting on screen. A wonderful example would be in those first weeks of COVID in March, we really didn't know how we would have our faith life. But very quickly, our priests and our archbishop adapted to a live screening. And so worship became very personal. And mass attendance was very high, both daily masses and Sunday masses, because they were able to see sing along, participate, and pray within their parishes or through the cathedral uh, system with the archbishop. 
And that's the thing. This experience has happened in a context for them. It's not just my classroom is online. My faith life has become more an online experience as well as in person. And these are digital natives, too. That's the other thing to keep in mind. These are students who are already well familiar with you know, a digital life, so to speak. So in some ways, it might have been a little less traumatic for them than it was for some of the adults I know, some of the older people. It was probably uh, preferred in some senses with them, although not completely, because they like to go to school, they like to be with their buddies, they like to be in person. But to that, then, the fourth part of this compass is faith formation. So when we were working from March till June with our students, we knew that instruction was not enough. So there were other pieces that had to be of equal merit. One was an awareness of the social and emotional needs of our students. Our guidance counselors were very tuned into that. Our assistant principals for student affairs planning online activities for them. And so they were continuously throughout the week and the weekend activities that students could participate in to be with one another and to have that opportunity through whether it was a yearbook development, right, a newspaper development, a social event, Even for our schools of special education, along with working with parents, what we saw was what the students wanted more than anything was socializing with their classmates. So that became tremendously important. So social emotional was very important. And then faith formation was important. So throughout that COVID time, having the opportunity during Lent, for instance, for retreat time, in May. So the things that Catholic students are just part of their year, we wanted to make sure very intentionally were present. So the elementary schools had May processions, the secondary schools and the schools of special education had May crownings and May celebrations, which were posted to the school's Facebook as well. We sent resources at home to the parents during Lent, especially during the Triduum, so that they could participate, Stations of the Cross. Some schools... Some student bodies even wrote most moving COVID stations of the cross. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Incredible. They were able to integrate the stations and the meaning of Christ's passion with the current experience. What that meant, yes. That's so profound. That's so profound. So all of these then are guiding stars to us of how to plan for our students, that our students and our faculty are the center point. And the faculties have been extremely giving of their time. Not only did they plan in a new forum, in many instances, to build up the seniors who were losing their prom, who were losing those big graduation celebrations that they had been anticipating, who were losing those last days of celebration in a school, in each of those, our faculties, school by school, created plans to visit the home outside of their seniors and to deliver to them. In some cases, it was a senior t-shirt. In others, it was a lawn sign. In others, it was something to place on their door. But in each of those, school by school, Each of our schools uh, reached out and the faculties in a very special way 
to our uh, students. In one case, more than one case, in baccalaureate masses, the students' pictures were placed on the pews. And then as the students watched the live stream of the baccalaureate, they could also see the pictures of themselves on the pews and the school ministers or the celebrants of the baccalaureates spoke very personally to the students of how missed they were. So creative and so personal. And certainly at CatholicPhilly.com, we covered a number of these celebrations, and we saw this in action. I remember seeing Lansdale Catholic on their Twitter account, and I believe their other social media accounts, featured a senior a day. Mm -hmm. You know, they went through the entire class honoring them. So just incredible, incredible how the faculty rose to the occasion as well as the students. So in moving forward then, these pillars of safety, health and safety, of academic excellence, of technology and enhanced technology, and of faith formation, will be our pillars for this school year as well. Let's talk a little bit about the safety, because before we went on air, you had mentioned some very specific procedures that are going to be in place. Each school prepared its own plan in compliance with the Pennsylvania Department of Education using the rubric from the Pennsylvania Department of Education. Those have been reviewed, and the boards of the local schools are reviewing them, and they're being placed one by one on the school's website. But what the parents will see, what you will see if you look, is some very deliberate changes with health and safety in mind, looking like a pre-screening for the students in the morning by their parents and completing of a Google Doc. The opportunity for students and faculty alike to have a temperature check before they enter the building or as they're entering the building. Throughout the building to have antibacterial sanitizers available so that students can regularly cleanse their hands and faculty can regularly cleanse their hands. Masks and shields for our faculty and then required for our students as well the social distancing in classroom and in cafeteria. As students who have gone through high school, each of us will remember the change of class time. Yes, indeed. (laughs) We had to think of that most especially because that's the time when the class ends that students usually pour out into the hallway and are laughing and talking in crowded hallways. And that word crowd became a pivotal point. So not only reducing class size by half with the AB hybrid, but increasing the past time to almost three times the amount so that the whole school is not changing class at the same time. Rather, that half of the senior class is changing class and then half of the junior and so on so that there is that six feet of social distancing. That also helps the kids in the B cohort at home, right? Exactly. So students at the B cohort at home, when we were planning this for the distancing, we were worried about our students sitting too long in front of a computer. So by having change of class be eight, nine, or 10 minutes, that really can allow for students to get up, to stretch, to get a snack before they come back into their next class. Excellent. It works out on both sides. That's great. I want to talk a little bit, if we could, about the schools of special education, because it's a little bit different for them. There are certainly many precautions in place. Could you tell us how that's going to work in the fall? Well, in terms of social distancing, our schools of special education have very small classes, limited to about four to eight students in a class. Much easier to space. So social distancing is not 
a concern. What instead they will be using is a model similar to what's going to be used in our elementary schools, which is cohorting. So students in a particular class remain together all day. Visitors will not be coming to the schools. Appointments would be made for parents who wish to see a teacher or to see the principal. And then if possible, that appointment would be completed on phone or on Zoom. And only if absolutely essential would visitors be admitted to the building. Students would be eating in a cohort perhaps eating in their classroom or eating in a unique section of the cafeteria if available. Again, the pre-screening by mom and dad before they come to school and then the temperature screening once they arrive in school as well. The limiting of shared materials. So for both our high schools and for our schools of special education, students would have their own materials, would not be sharing with one another. And digital textbooks where possible. Right. So for our secondary schools, not only digital textbooks, but virtual lab experiments as well. That would have been good for me many years ago. (laughs) I was not good at titration in chemistry class. Yeah. (laughs) So our schools of special education did particularly well. There was a picture, I don't know if you had seen it, but it was a first grader at St. Lucie's School on a Zoom with her teacher while she was using the Zoom. She was also using her Braille reader exceptional, miraculous work occurred. And one of the pieces that we very much want to have is for in our schools of special education, for them to have the personal experience with one another and with their teacher so that the teaching doesn't need to necessarily go on at home with the reinforcement from the teacher, but rather it's occurring in school. Again, use of antibacterial, regular wiping of desks in all of those schools regular and frequent cleaning of bathrooms throughout the day, and high-touch surfaces. Schools are usually cleaned at the end of the school day. We know that that would not be enough to ensure student safety and faculty safety. But there will be electrostatic cleaners in the school after school hours, correct? Correct. We'll be using those in the evening when students are not in class. Excellent. Excellent. Well, a couple of final points here. For those families who do not feel comfortable with all of these precautions in place, with going back to any in-person learning, there's still that option to remain completely virtual. Is that correct? That's correct, both in the schools of special education and in the 17 high schools as well. And I believe in the elementary schools as well, the parish schools, that they can elect, parents can elect through contacting the principal to choose 100% virtual. In the case of our secondary schools, which I can speak for, it doesn't have to be a commitment for the whole year. So parents can elect for a quarter or a semester or the whole year. This is really tailored to meet them where they're at. Correct. Fantastic. And if it comes to the point where we all have to go back to virtual learning. There's the capacity there to go back to that. because of our new learning management system enables us all to do a better job even than we did in the spring with our students five days a week in real time interacting with their teachers. Fantastic. Well, I have to say I'm not surprised because as the product of Catholic school education myself, I can tell you I have never met, and I am the daughter of a public school educator, but I have never met a more dedicated crew than the folks who teach at our Catholic school. So it's not surprising to me that they have more than stepped up to this challenge. Well, on behalf of the teachers of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, I thank you, and I most especially thank them. Amen. Now, for more information on the plan, 
readers and listeners can go to aopcatholicschools.org. There are also a couple of email addresses uh, to which they can direct inquiries or requests for more information. One of those is COVID-19 at archphila-oce.org. And this second email address, which speaks to an earlier point you'd made about spiritual support, is just that, for spiritual support at archphila-oce.org. Fantastic. Sister Maureen Lawrence McDermott, a pleasure to have you here. I hope you will come back soon and let us know how everyone's doing in the new school year. I'm happy to do that. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for being here. God bless. God bless you. I'll turn in my homework, I promise. (laughs) Thanks so much. It was great meeting you. So you've heard our thoughts. What about yours? Reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Catholic Philly or visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. Transforming lives. That's what the Society of St. Vincent de Paul of Philadelphia is all about. Called to service by our Catholic values, we work directly with our neighbors in need to help with the most basic necessities. Our lives are transformed, as are hopefully those we serve. Visit svdp-phila.info to see how you can join with us to help. That's svdp-phila.info. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.